You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. In Psalm 119 today, um, and talking about the Word of God. Uh, oh, just a reminder too, we're going to plan on starting choir this morning uh, right at uh, 11, so that we'll open with choir today. So if you're in choir, plan on being up here right at 11, and that'll kind of be the way we open the service this morning. All right, Psalm 119, please, as we turn into the Word of God, and I'm excited. Uh, I love this topic. I love this psalm, and we are going to just be looking at some of these. We started this message, you know, really, we started on a Wednesday night, uh, a couple Wednesday nights ago. I continued into Sunday, and then I just wanted to bring it into Sunday school for a a few Sundays at least, but we begin to look at the the Word of God and talking about uh, the power of the Word of God and how that... You, you can't be a successful Christian if you're not in the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, learning the Word of God, letting the Word of God transform your life. Um, honestly, one of the, one of the big uh, litmus tests, if you will, is that uh, if, if the, the Word of God should be changing us. That's how we're changed uh, and how we grow is through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So as God works through and in our hearts and lives, He does that through His Spirit and through His Word. So... Uh, you know, and I, when I, the thing that really got my attention when I was studying this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when I was studying for Wednesday night was just the thought of how often, you know, as a preacher and, and most preachers you've probably ever heard really try to encourage you to get into the Bible, read the Bible, you know, and uh, study the Bible. And sometimes, honestly, as a pastor, sometimes you can kind of feel like you're pulling teeth. Uh, you know, you just feel like the nagging parent that is trying to get their kid to do something, and I'm not saying I'm a parent and you're a kid, uh, but, but there just seems like sometimes there's people that it's like, it's hard to get people to do it. But then, as I began to study about it, listen to a good message that really turned my thoughts around, but I, I began to think about the fact that, man, maybe I need to try to do a better job helping people learn to appreciate the Word of God. Uh, to start with, because if you don't appreciate and understand that, appreciate the value of the Word of God, you're not going to really see the purpose, because if it's just read, okay, I just need to add that to the list of all these other things I need to do in my life. No, it's, you don't just read it because it's another thing you need to do. You recognize its value. You appreciate its value, and you understand that it's the Word of God that can and will absolutely change and transform your life. Will it not? I mean, uh, I think that if we just look back at our progress, sometimes we can get so caught up on our shortcomings and maybe where we would like to be for God or places we know we've fallen short of the glory of God that we don't take time to look back and think, wow, look what God has done through my life and look, where, where would I be if it hadn't been for the Word of God and what, how God has transformed my life? And so that's what we kind of focused on over the last uh, couple of times that we've talked about this Wednesday and then last Sunday morning during Sunday school appreciate appreciating its virtue or appreciating its value um, we looked at the fact that the word of God is a timeless book Psalm 119 89 
forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I am so glad that we've got a Bible that, yes, God may have used the, the used men's hands to write it, so to speak, but it is the very words of God. It is God-breathed, Word of God. We believe in the inspiration of the Bible. We, live in, we believe in the full inspiration of the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it is a timeless book, and therefore it is a truthful book. If it is the Word of God, and if it's the very words of God, then it is truth. Uh, no matter what anybody says, the Word of God is truth. Now, I can't always explain everything in the Word of God. I, hey, I'm, lear- I'm trying to learn. I'm studying. Uh, and praise God, man, I'm, I'm excited about what I'm preaching today because I, I just dug into to something there a little deeper. And, and uh, I'm gonna be, I'm a, what I'm going to be emphasizing mainly in my message later on about baptism is something that I personally have never heard a message, can remember hearing a message on. And it's going to be the heart of my message today. So I enjoyed studying that, uh, learning something, uh, not necessarily learning something new, but learning the depth of something that I already know, if you know what I mean. But, but, but it's a truthful book. Um, man, and that's one reason why we stand and preach the book without apology. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 142, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Psalm 151 says, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Psalm one, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying 160, but this is all in 119. 142, 151, Psalm 119, 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning. And of course, uh, when Jesus was asked, Jesus, or Pilate asked Jesus the question, What is truth? But in John 17, 17, which is... Uh, uh, some, I, I, I like to say, whether I like to say it or not, I believe it's true, that John 17, 17 is the real Lord's Prayer. Uh, anybody know what I mean by that? Uh, the real Lord's Prayer. And I, I, you know, and I just simply mean John 17, uh, John 17 is Jesus' intercessory prayer to where His actual prayer is recorded. Him praying to the Father. And it's just a, a beautiful chapter, and I would encourage you to get familiar with that because He's praying for us in that prayer partly, so it's awesome. But, but anyway, the John 17, he's actually praying to where what we call the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Jesus is just kind of giving an outline of uh, prayer. But John 17, in there, in verse 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. And then he says this, Thy word is truth. Is there not a battle on truth today? There really is, man. I mean, and it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, man, and I, I just heard the statistics again yesterday that... Some, uh, you know, man, what is it? Like over 40%, it may be closer to 50 or over 50% of people who profess to be Christians don't believe that there's an absolute right and wrong or, an abs- an, or absolute truth. Uh, those are those who profess and I emphasize profess to be Christians. Uh, we live in a crazy time and, 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 it's, and it's, it's not only crazy, but honestly, it's a little ignorant, is it not? Uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we, you know, again, I'm just kind of recapping what we've already talked about in a sense. But the, the word of God is truth. Um, listen, do not fall into this modern day trap of saying, I am going to speak my truth. Uh, what are you talking about your truth? Uh, there is the truth. Uh, we, don't, we don't each possess our own little truths. The truth is the truth. Um, and the amazing thing about the people that don't believe in absolute truth, absolute right and wrong, you know what they'll say? They believe it's absolutely wrong 
to say that there's absolutely a right and a wrong. And they are absolutely sure that there are no absolutes. And, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculousness. Uh, it really is. It's asinine. And it's something that we as Christians need to be careful about because our world is just inundated with it. But let me tell you something, folks. God's Word is the truth. Amen? And, and, and don't, 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 don't be among those people who say, well, you know, you interpret it this way, I interpret it this way. Uh, listen, the Bible says there's, there's one interpretation. Amen? There's no scripture of any private interpretation. Now understand, there are many applications to the Word of God. There are, uh, there are places in the Bible that you and I may disagree that we don't, uh, you know, uh, if you don't disagree, then you must misunderstand. If you don't agree with me, then you must mis be misunderstanding something in there. I'm, kind of, I'm kidding. Uh, but there are things in the Bible that we're just like, well, what, you know, that, that we try to figure out. But when it comes down to it, uh, the Word of God is truth. It speaks truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So the, the, the Word of God is a timeless book. The Word of God is a truthful book. And these are some of the reasons we should value the Bible. It's timeless. It's truthful. And then we talked about how it was treasured. That's where we started at last week, treasured. Psalm 119, verse number 72. The Bible says, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Uh, so it's a treasured book. Uh, and we, that's what we actually got into. I thought it was a great, great discussion last week. We started talking about the things that God's Word does in our life. Uh, we didn't really finish the discussion, but we uh, thought we had a good discussion on why the Word of God is more valuable than treasure. And so then we started looking at what gold can buy, what money can buy, what riches can buy, that, uh, that, that truth, what I'm trying to say, the things that truth in God's Word provides that riches cannot provide. Amen. We just went on and on and on. You know, we, we talked about uh, the joy, the peace, the happiness, the we talked about marriage. We talked about family. We, we talked about, uh, I mean, I don't think we got into wise money management, but, but the, the Word of God, man, it helps you live your life. It, the Word of God, you, know what, you want to know something else, a really good one that, that kind of goes with that? One of, one of the things that you cannot buy is contentment. Because it is impossible to have enough money to have any of the things that I told you. Money cannot buy any of those things we discussed last week. And money cannot buy contentment. Um, it really can't. Now, you can be content with your money, but you don't, you don't earn contentment. We learn contentment. Amen? We learn contentment from the Word of God. I am so glad that times in my life, Ralph, when I didn't hardly have nothing, man. I mean, literally, I can think of times when, uh, you know, I think back when I was a kid, but I wasn't saved then. So I think more about the times when after I got married and, uh, man, we were... Uh, we were struggling to make it, struggling to pay the bills, and uh, man, it was, it, it was a tough time. Uh, but you know what? I was content. I was content. I mean, I knew I, I had joy. I had peace. I could still rejoice because, what, man, well, I told you I was married, so I was married. I had my beautiful wife with me. You know, within a year of being married, we had Hannah. Uh, so here I am, my wife and a baby, and uh, yeah, I mean, things are tough, but man, I'm blessed right? Uh, and so contentment. Uh, anything else you just got to share about that uh, or you think would be really good to share before we move on from again talking about the value of the Word of God and the things that, that you can get that, that money can't buy that you have through the Word of God? Ron? 
Amen, that's for sure. Uh, you cannot buy your way into heaven, Ralph. Yeah, that's a that's a great question because you know the, the answer to that is I mean we're because we're talking about some of these things not totally in the abstract but just because you have a Bible for instance does not mean you're going to you're saved and have a Bible and even know the Bible does not mean you're going to have a good marriage does it? Uh, Ralph could have asked that question about any number of these things. Uh, how can you have joy when things are going bad? You can't ask a Christian that question because not every Christian has joy, peace, or contentment. So um, you know I, I think. The application, that's a, such an important question with any of these because it goes to highlight the value of the Word of God because there's one thing to read it, to learn it, to know it, but how do you apply it? How do you get any of these things, including contentment, to be, you know, how, how do you cash that? How do you write that check? Because we have all of this in our account, our spiritual account, but how do we bring it into our lives? You know, it's like, uh, again, we have all these resources in this huge heavenly spiritual account, but most Christians go around without contentment, or too many go around without contentment, without good marriages, without raising their kids uh, in the way God would have them to, you know, uh, uh, without joy, peace, and all that stuff. But all this, we're, we're going around like poor people when we're so rich. But so, so the applying of it is the, 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 the accessing the account part of it. And I would say with contentment as well with any of it, uh, would have to be just, uh, you know, honestly, when I, here's the way I think back. It's faith by faith, you know. So we understand that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So our faith is increased. But how does faith go into action? I'll just give you an example because I was thinking specifically about contentment when I just said a moment ago contentment when we didn't have a whole lot. And I've shared the story with, with many of you before. But, uh, but what I remember, I mean, just as clear as, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, uh, a beautiful day, it was a beautiful time of year, Ralph has done heat and air conditioning, anybody else? If you ever do heat and air conditioning, the thing that you generally find out is that uh, when it is mild, if you hit a month to where the high is 75 and the low is, you know, 50, you know, 55, whatever, uh, guess what people generally aren't going to do? Call you. They're generally not going to buy or, or have you service or whatever it is. Your heat. And so we went through a great period like that down in North Carolina years ago. I was doing heating and air conditioning. Uh, we weren't getting any calls. But at the same time, we had just switched over to where we were no longer getting paid hourly. We were going to start getting paid, uh, you know, uh, yeah, per job. Yeah, yeah, whatever the, the word I'm trying to look for there, like a, a commission. Uh, and, and that could be great. I, I remember one of the first weeks we were working commission, I made $500 in one day. I thought, this is going to be nice. This is going to be nice. Uh, but, uh, and this is back, you know, 20-some years ago, 25 years ago probably. Uh, so, but, but then we hit a spell of just nice weather. So now I'm bringing home checks. For the week, $90. Uh, $115. Uh, okay. 
let me take this home to my wife and my kid. Let's pay my power bill. Let's pay my uh, mortgage payment. You know, let's pay for my car. Let's get, get, and so here I am like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Um, so how can I be content when, you know, after that piles up for a while, when I'm getting, and I hate telling y'all stuff like this because I, in, in a way I do, because I do fear people thinking badly of my character. But I'm telling you, I was working. Uh, and then in that same time, I did get a second job to start, try to start covering these things. I was doing what I could, but it didn't change the fact I wasn't, we didn't have a lot of debt. I think the only debt I had was my car and my house. Um, and so we weren't just going out and spending money on things that we didn't have. We weren't going out to eat. We weren't buying new things. We didn't have the money to do that. We didn't have a credit card, so we didn't do it. So I'm not, I wasn't being irresponsible with my money. We literally just didn't have the money coming in. Therefore, I'm getting letters from the bank, you know, threatening foreclosure. Uh, I'm getting calls from, you know, whoever, whoever Ford Motor Company turned us over to, the collection agency, uh, we need this money, we need it now. You know, and I've shared before, and it's just it's so embarrassing. I don't know why I tell you embarrassing things, but, uh, but literally, I can remember... Uh, uh, you know, that I would park, I'd park my Ford Escort, you know, but I'd park it back behind the house, uh, pull it back behind the house. Now, that's not going to stop one of those, uh, you know, one of those guys with the flatbeds that come pick up your Ford Escorts. But if you block the way with the church van, that's a good testimony, isn't it? If you block the way with the church van, he's going to have a really tough time getting back there. <laughs> so that's what I did. Uh, now, was I miserable then? I, I'd come home, and again, I've told y'all before, come home and uh, come home on a, on, on a Friday or something, and the light's off in the house. Melanie's got the doors and windows open, and uh, what's going on? Well, they, they turned the power and the water off. Uh, so I just go out to the street, turn the water back on, and just say, well, we'll do, do with candles through the, through the weekend or whatever. I'm just telling you it was a tough time. And I was working. I really want you to say, you should have switched jobs. Maybe I should have done a lot of things. But I was doing what I could. And, uh, but long story short, that I'm just trying to just say, was I content during those times? And I absolutely was. And here's how it was. And I, the, the moment that I go back to when I talk about that contentment, if you'll forgive my long story, is a particular day. And it was just like it was last week. I remember it so well that I got in this time I think it was a $90, $95 check. Um, and I go to the bank and I cash the check back when people did those kinds of things and went to the bank, cashed the check, and I'm coming home and there again, I'm thinking that stuff. I'm like, okay, those calls are still coming. The letters are still coming. Uh, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm starting to get that stress, get that worry. And uh, and, and I just start feeling that heaviness coming up, and I just think, you know what? Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, but you know what, God? Now, because, you know, I can't control that, right? Can't control it. I mean, you know, again, I mean, go get another job, do whatever. And I did that. Um, and eventually they started putting us back on the hour, I guess, after everybody just about went to, you know, whatever, uh, bankruptcy, prison or something. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, that they work for. They finally put us back on the hour after a while. But, uh, but, the, but the point is just simply this. I said to myself, and I didn't say to myself, I said to the Lord, driving home in that little Ford Escort that I was trying to protect with everything I had, uh, driving down I-85 South, those thoughts starting to enter my mind, but then I think, but you know what? At least I'm saved. And at first I kind of say it like, well, at least I'm saved. I'm just searching for something to get me 
in the right frame of mind. But then I said it, and I think, saved. I'm like, man, well, that's pretty good. And uh, then I just start thinking, and, 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 and before you know it, I start thinking, oh, man, how did I get saved exactly? I start thinking, oh, man, God loved me enough that way back yonder, and I just start thinking about Calvary. I start thinking about God looking ahead. I start thinking about the cross. I start, and so here's a guy with threatened foreclosure, not sure about the groceries, hiding my car, going outside and turning the water on at the road and burning candles over the weekend. That guy is riding down I-85, hooping, hollering, if I could have, probably should have, pulled over to the side of the road so it would have been a lot safer and just took some laps around my little Ford Escort right there on the side of I-85. I was content. I was more than content. I was thrilled to death. You know why? Because of faith. So I'd say the way to incorporate it is it's to put it into action. God, you said this, therefore I'm going to act this way. I don't know how this is going to work out, but Lord, I know you're going to work out. And, and I don't have anybody against people that, that ask for help. I really don't. But just early on, even in those days of my life, my wife and I, you call it pride, call it what you want to, we, didn't, we never asked for help. We never asked for help. We maybe should have asked for help, but we didn't ask for help. But you know what? Man, we'd have somebody just bring by some groceries to us. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious that we were poor and struggling, but we didn't say nothing about it. We'd have, there would just be, there'd be somebody, you know, like I said before, give us a hallelujah handshake at church. Uh, man, what a blessing that would be, you know. And yeah, I told you what that is, hallelujah handshake. Somebody shakes your hand, feels something in it, you open up your hand, and it's, you know, a $100 bill, $20 bill, $10 bill. It didn't matter to me, but and then you say hallelujah, amen, a hallelujah handshake. Uh, hey, nothing wrong with giving those out at church every once in a while. Maybe you see somebody just, maybe the Lord lays that on your heart. But here's just what I'm simply trying to say, that I chose to exercise faith. I chose to believe God. I chose to, by faith, say, okay, yeah, looks horrible, but it's not. I feel horrible, but I don't need to feel horrible because God's good. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I know I'm going to get through it because God promised me that he would get, that he'd get me through it. Um, and I don't know if that helps or not, but I think it's just... Or I could have just, all the way home, oh man, and if I get another $90 check, then if I get $90 checks all the month after that, well then, man, we could, we could lose the house. I could lose my car. I could lose my marriage. You know, what if this puts a, fi- a strain on our marriage? And that's, that's, what a lot of, that's what we do if we're not careful. We just, we just, start, we just start borrowing trouble that's, a lot of it's never even going to happen. We just start saying, well, this could happen. I'd like to take that on today. That sounds like a good idea. I'm not just going to think about today, which God says, take no thought for tomorrow. I'm not going to listen to what God said about that. I'm going to take thought for tomorrow. Because if this don't work out, blah, blah, blah. And if that don't work out, then all of a sudden we've got this terrible scenario, scenario about our entire lives are going to be ruined. Uh, and uh, and my, my car never did get uh, repossessed. Tell you something else smart I did just while we're on the topic. My sister's Ford Escort did get repossessed. The bad thing about that is I co-signed for that sucker back when my credit was still good. Um, 
So I got to pay for a car that, uh, that they repossessed. I never got to, they never even drove that sucker. Uh, amen. So that's why the Bible says, man, don't be a surety for a stranger. I'm not saying that you can never co-sign for somebody, but I'm telling you what, uh, you need to be ready to pay that money if you do it. And I'm not going to do it. Uh, I, I, I love you. Listen. Man, I don't want to get off on that, but this is another Bible thing. Can I just tell you this? We're talking about the, the treasure of the Bible. Don't co-sign for people. Don't ask me to co-sign for you because I'm not going to do it. Because the Bible warns you not to. Uh, it really does. Uh, it talks about not being a surety. And, and, and suretyship, he that avoids suretyship is sure. And again, I'm not saying that there's not an exception uh, that can be found in there, if you will. But, you ever thought about this? How hard is the, is, are banks trying to give away money and credit services trying to give away money? How hard are they trying to do that? And if they're not going to give you money, I sure ain't going to give it to you. Uh, right? Okay, that's a whole other thing. But I'm just trying to tell you what the Bible, the Bible gives us practical instruction. But again, going back to Ralph's question, I feel like the way to put any of these things into practice or to, to make, any of these, make any of these real in our lives is to put them into practice by faith to say in the contentment area by faith okay lord i don't know how this is going to work out listen i did plan i was careful with my money i, did, I didn't take my 95 dollars and just say god's going to take care of me so i'm just going to go buy you know a bunch of video games or something with this money i couldn't buy too many video games but you could buy a few more than you could buy now with 95 dollars but uh I didn't say that. I didn't say, well, honey, we're going out to eat because God's taking care of us. I'm going to go buy you uh, some new clothes because God... I didn't say none of that. That's stupid. Um, I, but I, I tried to be, still be smart with the money that God blessed me with, uh, however little it may have been. But in the meantime, just trust God and just determine because when that worry tries to keep in, nope. When that, when that anxiety about tomorrow and about all this stuff that's trying to rob my contentment, no, thank you. Perish that thought. I'm bringing that thought into captivity to Christ. And the thought I'm going to think instead is, my God has uh, promised to supply your need, all, your, all your need according to His riches in glory. Uh, another thing I think about often, uh, what, what God told Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. We have no greater blessing than God Himself. Lord, I've got you, hallelujah, I don't need that other stuff. Um, the Bible warns us not to set our heart on riches, not to set our heart on things. So what do we do? When we catch ourselves starting to do that, we just say, what am I doing? You know, we, so it's not a lot, whole lot of good to know the Bible if we're not, you know, laying, put, putting it into effect in our lives. Uh, you know, we, we, last week we got on marriage, and, you know, we were given those examples. The Bible says to do this. Well, we need, we need to do it concerning marriage. Uh, the Bible gives instruction with kids. And, I, I, and that is in this. Um, in, I am going to deal with that a little bit more as we go through this. And that really kind of comes to, uh, matter of fact, it is a part of, uh, of this next section, which is hilarious because Trey gave me a hard time last week. He said, what are you teaching about this week? I said, uh, put up there and he changed the, the deal now because uh, um, before I told him, I said, well, I'm going to be uh, starting in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number uh, 12, the Word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than the two-edged sword. I'm going to talk about the, the, the living nature of the Word of God, the virtue of the Word of God. So he put that up there last week. He said, you never even got to that. Uh, and here I am the second week, and so far I haven't got to that either. Uh, but since I've been blabbing on for a minute, 
I just want to uh, ask for any clarification or uh, questions, comments, and so forth. All right. Oh, go ahead, Doria. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. And I'll just try to add two more things real quick before I move on. I guess I'm teaching so I can do it, but I want to be uh, considerate toward y'all too, which I believe I am. But anyway, uh, I was thinking again about Ralph's thing, you know, about the whole rejoicing thing. I believe God wants us to rejoice. I really do. I think the Bible teaches that he wants us to be a joyous people. Uh, we're told over and over again in the Psalms to praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Um, and so another thing that I just took into effect of the word of God was... Uh, and I mean, again, I'm just talking about life-changing principles, principles that literally, one reason I'm standing here today before you, this is one of those principles that have helped get me here, and I believe it's Luke chapter 10, verse 20, you can check the, check the reference, but when Jesus said, rejoice not because the angels are, or because the demons are, or the spirits, I'm sorry, are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven, I just made that a, I, I took that and made it a part of my life, thought, you know what, things aren't always good. I'm not always good, circumstances aren't always good, people aren't always good, but God's always good and my name's always written in heaven. Therefore, I am always, if you're saved, you are always on shouting ground. So, I shout and I praise the Lord and, uh, and, and, I, and I stay happy. Why? Because my name's written in heaven, never changes. Uh, so that's a principle that I try to live by daily. Uh, but then, uh, just another thing, t- Dory talking about it grounding you. Has anybody ever had a bad day? Uh, have, you, have you ever had one of those days? Now, again, some of you are more prone to anger than maybe I would be. Um, and that's why this, this really stands out to me. But I can, you ever have those days at work to where you're just mad? Or just in general? And, and like literally, you ever have those days, and, and I, I'm, I'm telling you this, where you're just like this, I hope somebody says something to me today. I just hope, we're, you know, I think about a, a guy at work that could be a, a thorn in people's sides. Where's Rodney at today? Oh, I hope he comes by today. I'm ready for him today. I'm getting off this equipment and I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Let's go. You ever have those days? I mean, you're just, and, uh, and I'm just like, what's wrong with me? And I did, I'm like, Lord, help me. Uh, because, you know, I, I, I say this a lot of times that I, there's a, there's a real benefit sometimes to not only being a Christian, but being a pastor as well. Now, I, I think every Christian could, should feel the way I do about this, but I just feel like, uh, for me, it is an extra reminder that people know not only that I'm a Christian, which is enough because I carry the name of Christ. That should be enough for all of us. But then I think, man, I'm a pastor. I'm going to hurt the church if I act like an idiot. Uh, I literally, I shouldn't tell you this, but I, I came pretty close to hauling off and hitting a guy years ago at work, and that probably wouldn't have been good or a good testimony. Uh, I didn't haul off and hit him, 
And I'm glad I didn't haul off and hit him. I really am. Uh, and, and he deserved it. He deserved it, man. I'm telling you, he deserved it. I'd, I'd, I'd have been a hero for all ages at Polaris, let me tell you. They, they would have made a statue of me probably. But anyway, uh, the, I'm just trying to say that, um, that that's how I was feeling. But I, I was having one of those days this one morning, and I'm like, Lord, help me. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And, and, and I don't want to ruin my, my testimony. I don't want to tarnish your name by acting like an idiot. Uh, and that, that, that includes worry, anger, however else these things manifest themselves in our lives, how Christians ought not to behave and to be sinful living. Other, I should say other types of sinful living, uh, including worry and anger and so forth. But, uh, man, I'm just like, Lord, I, I need some help. And so I got off my equipment and... Uh, and I, I just said, Lord, you, I, I need something from you. And so I went to the bathroom so I could get on my phone. Anybody else? Um, and uh, it, it depends, depends on where you work at, okay? Uh, but, uh, and I'm like, Lord, I need, I, need, I need something. So I went straight to my Bible app on my phone. And I just went down there. And this particular day, the verse of the day was exactly what I needed. I wish I would have wrote it down and remembered what it was. But for that day, it was exactly what I needed. I, I read the Word of God, I applied the Word of God, and by the, by the grace of God, I walked back out onto the floor with a different attitude, a different perspective, um, and the Lord helped me. through. And, and just, that reminded me of Doria talking about how it grounds her. You know, you're having a whatever kind of day, and it just helps tether you, uh, maybe. So, anyway, all right, that's enough about me and my sad uh, stories. Um, so if we can, the, the, we, we had previously talked about the, the, the uh, appreciating the Word of God, appreciating the value of the Word of God, but then here's basically what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes, and that is assimilating the vitality of the Word of God. Assimilating the vitality. Now, when you hear the word vitality, what do you think of? It should think is think of, of life, of living. And then to assimilate is to make it a part of our lives. So we need, we need to, uh, if, if we're going to make the Word of God a, an active part of our lives, be the successful Christian that God wants us to be, we need to appreciate its value, but we also need to assimilate, we need to assimilate its vitality, bring its life into, its life-giving power into our daily lives. And this goes back to where we were uh, going to start last week. The Bible, folks, is a living book. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick. It is quick. It is alive and powerful. Amen? It's quick. It's powerful. Jesus said in John 6.63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are life. Unlike the great works of poetry or prose, the Bible pulsates with life. For its author is the very creator of the universe, in whom all things consist, in whom we live and move and have our being. Folks, the Bible is alive! I mean, what a wonderful book, what a wonderful promise that we have for, for the Bible to become a living, breathing, life-giving reality for you. You and I must assimilate it. The way to make this Bible more than just 
you know, black ink on white paper is appreciating its value enough to start getting into it. But then as Ralph really brought up and really introduced, brought us into this, was now assimilate its vitality in your life. Uh, allow for, for it to become a living, breathing book to where it makes a difference in your life. Start doing what it says. What does the Bible say about the man who's a, who's a forgetful hearer of the word? Uh, the Bible says that a man that beholds his face in the glass darkly, but then, or, or beholds his face in the glass, I'm sorry, I was mixing two verses, beholds his face in a glass, but then walks away, forgetting what manner of man he was. He looks in the mirror and he walks away and forgets that he had something on his face or that he wasn't put together well. Um, th- there's a thought, this is the, a message that I'm, I've got in my, in my seed bag, if you will. Uh, that I haven't developed yet, but it was a message about forgetting Christ. There's a couple passages that talk about forgetting God, forgetting Christ, and so forth. Uh, did you know that as, as Christians we can forget Jesus? We can forget God? We can forget the Bible? And here's what I mean by that. Not that we all of a sudden, you just walk up on us one day and we're like, who? God who? Jesus who? The Bible who? That's not what it's talking about. We, we, we forget in this instance, going back to Ralph's point, we forget when we're faced with whatever challenge we're faced in our life, then we forget God. Why? Because we choose not to go to Him. We choose not to go to His Word. Uh, so in those, those times, that, that's the way we can actually forget God. We can forget about Jesus because we're having this issue in our life and, we, and, and, we, and, and maybe we pray, maybe we say, oh Lord, help me with this, but we don't actually stop and say, no, no, Lord, I'm trusting you to help me with this. I'm, I'm dependent on you like Dory said, God, this is bigger than me. I need you to do this. Um, assimilating its vitality in the Word of God. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a reference here, and as, as I read it, I realize, at, at least this isn't, the, that there's, uh, this isn't like the teens necessarily in this class, so I don't have to explain it as much. But anybody ever just read a cookbook? Some people may read a cookbook, but I hope that you don't just read a cookbook. Maybe you do. But a cookbook is not just meant to be read. It's meant to read and then do what? Put it into practice. (laughs) For your husband, for your wife. Uh, And uh, that's right. I mean, go to a cookbook and, uh, and read it. But it's not just meant to, I mean, what, wouldn't that just be a silly thing if literally we lost the whole meaning of cookbooks and literally just people thought they were for reading and people just read cookbooks and, and people would discuss recipes and, and they'd say, well, well, let me tell you about this recipe that I read about. And then we go and get fast food or something, you know. Uh, well, what are we doing there? Or we go get, I mean, don't. When I, start, when I talk about liking cookies, I ain't talking about this Chips Ahoy business, okay? I'm, I mean, no, there's a recipe you can follow and you can make some cookies, son. Amen? Uh, oh, let's, let's go down to Walmart and get some monster cookies. No, thank you. Let's read a recipe. Let's make some monster cookies. Amen? Otherwise, I'm, I don't know if it's worth the calories. Um, all right? So I'm just simply trying to say this. Too many of us as Christians, don't be a Christian that begins to read the Bible like you read a cookbook. 
And, and, and then we get together and talk about all the recipes we've found out. Oh, let me tell you about this one. But what good is it if you not, are not actually doing something with it and actually bringing it into your life, sharing it with other people? Amen? Uh, and that's what we need to do. That, that's how the Bible is supposed to be. It's supposed to be put it into practice. Uh, find it in your life. There's steps in the Bible. And, 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 and believe me, I do not mean to say that the Bible's like reading a cookbook. I'm not saying that you just pick up your Bible today and you just open to a random spot and start reading and all, the, all of a sudden you know how to be content and you know how to live with joy. You know how to live with peace. You know how God wants your home. You know how God wants finances. You know how God wants uh, government. I mean, right down the line. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it takes some work to do that. And do not be too proud to, say, to ask someone, can you point me in the right direction? I mean, listen, you open up a, a cookbook, I mean, maybe, maybe you do just want to make cookies, but you don't know where to go, and there's a lot of other things. I mean, there's all these, you know, uh, I mean, you know, main course meals described throughout there, but you're just like, man, what I really need in my life right now is just cookies. Uh, so you may just need to come to somebody and say, hey, where's the cookie section at? Where, where, oh no, no, go, go past all that. You don't need to know this pasta and this dish and this casserole. Go all the way over here. Somebody more experienced than you, maybe they already know it right where they, they've got the page marked for the cookies. And I, how many of you love those pages that are, that got like stains and stuff on them? You know, those are cool, huh? Uh, but anyway, because they've been used so much. Um, but so there's nothing wrong because, so, and I'm just simply trying to say the Bible can be a lot that way, but it's worth the effort. And don't think, do, do not think, I, I've, I guess I've, I've tried to talk about this, talking about the value of the Word of God. Do not allow yourself to think, well, I'm just too dumb. Preacher, I'm just too dumb when it comes to, I'm not smart like you, <laughs> insert laughter. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not like these other people, I'm not blah, blah, blah. Listen, man, if you think the Bible's about intellect, uh, you've got it all wrong. It's not just about intellect, it's about putting it into practice. Um, and, and here's the awesome, awesome, one of the most valuable things that, that I can say in my life is that the Word of God can make wise the simple. Amen? You, I mean, listen, I mean, it's so cool. Where I come from, it just, it's, it's been emphasized over and over again. The heritage of so many churches and preachers in my area, uh, some of the great preachers that came out of North Carolina, I mean, I'm talking about just going back 100 years ago or so, or, I mean, I'm just talking about, these old guys out in the mountains, now they're not dumb because they can make something work and they can, and they can survive and they, they, they know the land. They're not dumb, all right? But at the same time, they couldn't read or write. They didn't know letters from numbers or anything else, you know, uh, hardly. But somebody come and preach the message in, in these backwoods and mountains somewhere and, uh, and, and, and some of these men would get saved. And somebody would start learning them how to read. I said it that way on purpose. Start learning them how to read a little bit. You know what they taught them to read? The Bible. And so they just started learning and tried to read the Bible. And they would learn the Bible. And, and they would learn more and learn more how to read. And listen, and, and, and the more they would learn, they would get. And all they had was that Bible and the Holy Ghost. And, you know, maybe some other wise people around them that had experience and were able to read or whatever. But I'm telling you, great, great men of God came from that. The simple point is this, that do not try to dismiss or excuse yourself because you're not a person of great intellect. 
Because it does not matter. What matters is, if you're saved by God's grace, God can make you wise in life and in the Word of God. Um, so, wow. So I got to the first point of last week's uh, intended message. But you know what? If you, just in case you don't know, I don't get too worried about that stuff. <laughs> Amen. All right. Uh, well, uh, it is time. But I, so we'll, we'll just stop it right there.